Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Scored a touchdown earlier in a direct snap. Now it's Michelle's turn running all the way. Gets to the edge. Sonny Michelle will send the Dogs home to the championship game. 53 and a half yard drive near hash. Kick right. Snap. Hold. Kick is away. It's reaching. And it is good. 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 Hot pot does it. All right. Hot pot. Dots with an up and out. Wide open. Touchdown. Israel Troop. I'm back with another edition. Welcome in. Uh, hello, folks. We are live here on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, we are also coming to you live from Brinks TV uh, and uh, excited for another edition. It is a me- SEC Media Days edition. Some huge news coming out uh, this week regarding the SEC. We'll get to that uh, possible expansion on the way. Uh, some new developments in that. Uh, we'll We'll get to that. Uh, of course, media days, who won, how did Kirby do most importantly, uh, we'll, we'll just kind of, uh, generally rift on that. We've got a brand new commitment. Uh, maybe talk a little Auburn, uh, preview, uh, joining me hopefully in a little while. Um, hopefully he's safe right now. Um, it is Israel troop. Uh, he is, uh, currently in a weather delay. So this is uh, we're doing a baseball style here. We're doing, uh, doing the rain delay. Uh, so he's, uh, there's a nice little storm moving in and, uh, the exact words I got in a text message that I had with him. He said, I said, uh, what's the update? Everything good. He, he wrote, he responded back to me, said, sounds like world war two outside. It's moving quick. So, um, the bombs are bursting in the air. Uh, down in uh, down in Albany. So uh, hopefully he's safe. He will join us uh, soon. Uh, as soon as that uh, as soon as that clears up. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, it is scrolling right down below you. Uh, all our all of our social media info, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. So uh, just read the scroll and listen to me. Um, listen to me as I talk. Uh, again, uh, my hot takes tonight are fueled by Avacare. Uh, so they are sparked. I don't want to say fueled. They are sparked by Avacare. So if you if you if you want to get your hot takes sparked, uh, come see me. So Avacare. Yeah. Um, also, we are presented by uh, BetOnline.ag. Uh, congrats to the Bucks. They uh, they they have become NBA champions. They proved you can do it with just one superstar. So. Uh, but that doesn't mean that July is done. Uh, July is definitely uh, still heating up and it's still on fire. We got baseball going on right now. Uh, the Olympics are right around the corner and 
Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Uh, this is what you should do. You should visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before that next tip off face off or pitch or javelin throw or whatever, uh, head on over to bet online and start playing today, bet online, your online sports book experts. Well, uh, I am currently solo, um, at, as you see, um, like I said, Israel's going to be joining us here. So, uh, just wanted to, you know, just wanted to kind of talk uh, a little bit about what's happening uh, with this whole SEC expansion thing. Um, it was uh, it broke yesterday on my show. Uh, we talked about it, Steve Willis and I, on SEC After Dark. Uh, you can find that right here on our channel. Uh, there's a playlist link below with SEC After Dark and Beast of the East. So be sure as you're watching, after you watch this episode, go back and see what Steve and I had to say about it. But it's very, very interesting what Oklahoma and Texas are doing because it just so happened during media days that that news broke. And we've got, we got that, you know, I got that news alert late in the afternoon and it and it came up and it said, uh, Texas and Oklahoma have inquired about joining the SEC. Well, I remember way back in 2011 when all of this expansion stuff happened, that Texas said, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm good. No, uh, you know, not really keen on joining. But uh, now they're keen. Now they want to join. Uh, they want to bring Oklahoma with them. There's a lot of good implications, a lot of bowl implications. I, I guess they see the money finally. Um, and they see the avenue for success within the conference. So they're going to come right on over. So the, the latest development is there is a, uh, there was a S there was a not SEC, but there was a big 12 call, like a conference call, basically like, Hey, here's the plan moving forward. Here's what's going on. And Texas and Oklahoma were not involved. Um, they were, they were, they sat out of that meeting. And I, I think that, you know, it's, it's ruffling a few feathers. And so this thing is, you know, the Texas, the Texas tech AD, um, he is, uh, or the, actually the president of the university, the chancellor is, uh, is very heated. Um, he tweeted like many across our state and within the footprint of our league, I'm extremely disappointed by the actions and intentions of our friends in Austin and Norman from day one, one of the big 12 conferences existence, Texas tech has been proud and trustworthy partner. So, um, you know, you have to think there, there's a lot of things that come into play, you know, are they betraying their fellow members? Are they, you know, why are they, why are they joining? Why are they doing it? You know, what's the, what's the motive? What, you know, what, what's happening with all of that? So, um, you know, as the layers of this onion of expansion continue to peel back, you're going to get a glimpse into how, ugly college football can get. And you're going to get a glimpse in how crazy this thing is about to become, especially if this expansion is, is pushed through. Um, now there's some parameters within the sec that would, that would prevent, that would prevent Texas and Oklahoma joining. And that I think is, uh, I think if four members decide to say no, uh, then it's, it's next. So, you know, Texas A&M is going to say no. They've been a heavy, they've been heavy, heavy, heavy against it. And, you know, probably, well, I don't know, judging by Missouri's reaction today during media days, they might just say, bring it on. And they might just throw the horns down, which apparently is a penalty now. Uh, 
Um, so, you know, they might just do that. So, um, you know, as far as my opinion on, on, on what it means for the sec, I, I, I mean, I like it, bring it on. Right. You know, let's get the best of the best in there. I, you know, a lot of people are like, no, this is going to mess it up. This is going to, you know, this is, you know, this is going to make things weird, whatever. But I, I think, I think it's going to bring a lot of good competition. I think it's going to make this conference extremely interesting. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be very, very good for the conference. I think it's going to be good in other sports. I think it's going to bring money. I think it's going to bring market and eyeballs to, uh, to the conference that you don't normally get from the middle of the country, especially in the state of Texas. Um, you, you, you reinstate the A&M Texas rivalry, which I don't know why Texas A&M is, uh, I don't know why they're against that. Maybe they're threatened. You know, maybe that's, that's a bad thing for A&M if, if they join the conference recruiting wise, things like that, because they, you know, right now their big advantage is they're in the sec and Texas is not. And that's the, that's the biggest thing they've been able to hold over Texas's head with all these recruits is the fact that, Hey, we're in the sec. You're not good luck. And, you know, with that, with that changing, it makes it interesting. It makes it interesting to say the least. So, um, We'll, we'll, we'll jump back into this here probably um, as, as Israel. Uh, so if it feels like we're, if it feels like we're doing a big giant uh, talking in circles it's because I'm waiting on Israel. So uh, I wanted to kind of get my initial piece out on that. So, um, but uh, from Ross Dellinger, uh, the SEC network, they, they kind of put out a pod system. So if this were to happen, okay. If this were to happen and I kind of like this idea, I kind of like this idea. I, I think this would be good for the conference. Um, you know, I, I don't know what it would do to the conference championship game um, with, with the pod system, but it would uh, maybe you just get like a, maybe you just get like a, a overall best record. I, I don't know how you would, I don't know how you would settle that, but maybe you would get like a, yeah, I don't know um, that I think it's still developing really. Um, so the 14 pods. Okay. So you would say, you know, Oklahoma and Texas come in, that makes 16. So you got four pods of four teams. So pod a would be Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. That's an interesting pod. You know, I like that it preserves the Georgia, Florida rivalry, um, Kentucky, South Carolina, uh, also make good opponents, uh, in, in that, in, within that pod pod B Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. So you get two big in-state rivalries. Yes, Tennessee-Vanderbilt is an in-state rivalry. Um, just wait till Tennessee loses to Vanderbilt. Then you'll see how much of a rivalry it actually is. Those two schools do not like each other. And then, of course, we know what we know about the Iron Bowl. Pod C would put LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and A&M. Uh, you pervert, preserve the Egg Bowl and uh, the Magnolia Cup. Uh, so Ole Miss, LSU, uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State uh, rivalries are still alive and strong. And then you get A&M thrown in the mix there. And then pod D, you get the old Southwestern Conference, uh, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Uh, so you you get the old Southwest Conference rivalries from from back in the day, and, and uh, those two teams get to play each other. So here's how you would navigate the season. Okay, this would just this is just a potential football alignment. Um, 
for for this. So this is nothing that's set in stone. But Ross Dellinger, again, I want to give him the credit on on Twitter. Um, it'd be a nine game conference schedule. Okay, you play the other teams in your pod every season. You play two games against each of the other pods. Okay, host every team at least once every four seasons. Okay, uh, and then I think it would probably. Uh, there's got to be some sort of championship format um, that they would have to do, but uh, I, I think again that's being that's being developed. But I, I like that idea. I like the idea of pods. I think it makes things interesting as far as uh, being able to get everybody uh, playing each other. Uh, it, it would be it'd be a way to to kind of still get those rotations. Um, and, and you just kind of rotate through, through those schedules. And it's not just luck of the draw where, you know, Alabama gets, uh, Vanderbilt and South Carolina in one year, um, from the East as their crossover opponents. Like they're, they're going to have to, you know, they, they could cross over against Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Georgia and Florida, you know, one year, then that would be, you want to talk about tough. Now that would be really tough. Right. That would be really tough. So um, also you have to think, you know, what's that going to do to the big 12? Right. So what's that going to do to the big 12? You know, you have to think that Texas OU leave, they're not going to try to replace them with Houston and some other slappy team. Like that ain't going to happen. Right. Like you're not going to like, maybe you could see them try to get back Nebraska and then add Houston and just, I don't know, become a mid-major conference um, and the Big Ten try to go after Notre Dame. I don't know. Um, that would be that'd be interesting to see kind of how that how that happens. Because I, I think when you when you look at the whole scheme of it, that that conference has to, has to, has to dissolve. Right. That has to dissolve. And uh, what happens to the Iowa? What happens to Iowa State? What happens to the Kansas schools? Most importantly, what happens to the Texas schools? Where do they go? You know, do you, you know, do you go over to the Pac-12 with the Texas schools? Do you does Iowa State absorb into the Big Ten to create a natural rivalry with Iowa? What happens to Kansas and Kansas State? Do they travel together? Do they do they split up? Oklahoma State, where do they go? Do they go to the Pac-12? Um, so that's a potential, that's a potential thing in and of itself. Cause I can't see the big 12 surviving this. If this were to happen, I can't see that conference surviving if that were to happen. But um, last night, Steve Willis and I talked about uh, the, some of the implications and what, what it would look like. You would have to realign the divisions. You would have to get some sort of system set up to where you can, uh, you know, you can kind of preserve some of these matchups and, you know, get some things going uh, to where you're not playing one team every eight years. Um, and, and so like Kentucky fans would, would never get a chance to travel to Austin or vice versa. So uh, there's some things you got to put in um, that you got to put in place and you got to figure out before this, before this happens. Um, you know, one of the things we talked about on that, you know, within the conference and outside of the conference, you know, we talked a little bit about how teams would move around, but we also talked about, you know, how Texas and Oklahoma would fare. Now I, I know it's popular to say that Texas and Oklahoma would, would struggle just because 
you know, of their recent recent struggles, right? Like Texas has been a, a team that's been searching for an identity. They haven't been able to find one under under Tom Herman. They finally got the right coach and they got a coach that knows the layout of the SEC. And I think Sarkeesian's going to be extremely I think Sarkeesian's going to be really successful at Texas. I think he's going to do a great great job. So um I'm excited to see what he can do. I have a lot of family in Austin. I have a lot of family in Texas in general, um, between Austin and Dallas. And I they're all Longhorns except for one and he's a, he's a sooner. Uh, and, and they're all, uh, I haven't talked to them about this. I'm curious to know what they think uh, about joining the sec about, about reuniting with Texas A&M. So uh, I, I'm excited, man. I, I'm excited. Uh, now I think they'll do well. I mean, they're two great programs, you know, Oklahoma has had all the success they're going to have. They're going to come in and continue to have success. Now, are they going to go 12 and 0 11 and one every single year? Absolutely not. Right, because they're—I mean—they're I mean, gonna have to play Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, uh, Ole Miss, uh, Texas A&M. I mean, they're gonna—they're gonna play a really hard schedule. So, to say any team's really gonna run the table in the, in the SEC uh, if they join is gonna be a pipe dream, right? Even Alabama, you know, you can't play that type of schedule year in and year out. It's gonna run out on you at some point, even if you're Nick Saban. It's going to run out on you. And I, I think it's a good thing that we're going to see uh, competition, right? Competition is, is what you want. And when you get it, it's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, so I, I look forward to kind of seeing how this develops. Uh, again, the, the Big 12 is going to fight it. Uh, we'll look out. Another player in this is the Oklahoma State Legislature. Uh, they're, they're looking at possibly passing a bill that Oklahoma cannot leave without Oklahoma state. Uh, they have to go to, they can't be in separate conferences. Can they do that? I don't know. We're about to find out. <laughs> so that's another, I mean, there's a lot of avenues you could go down. Uh, and, and this story is one that's, you know, it's going to be relevant for weeks to weeks to come. So, um, you know, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm looking forward to, uh, seeing what's, uh, seeing what's happening. So, um, stay tuned and we will come back to this because I know Israel is going to, going to join us here in just a second. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to circle back to this one. I want to talk about sec media days a little bit. Um, want to jump down to that. Uh, and you know, one of the things I was impressed with was just the conference as a whole. Um, you know, I, I thought all the coaches did a great job. Uh, the new guys I thought really showed out. Clark Lee had a tremendous showing uh, for Vanderbilt. I was I was really impressed with him. Josh Heupel, uh, I've been impressed with him. I continue to be impressed with him. I think he's really good. I think he's the right guy for for Tennessee. Another caveat: speaking of Tennessee, you're going to get a, a chance to see who the real UT is. You're going to get a chance at that, right? I've been joking about that all the time but now we actually get to see it happen. So um, Josh Fisher, if you're listening to this, uh, UT is the real, uh, Texas is the real UT. So um, yeah, I'm here all night. Uh, so I, I think when you, when you look at media days, you know, these coaches, it's their, you know, especially the new ones, it's their first chance to really make a good impression and, and to really kind of capture the audience because quite frankly, like outside of their own fan bases, People haven't heard them speak. People don't know what they're all about. And so this is their chance. Now they're on the national stage 
at SEC Media Days, which has now become a huge media event, this is their chance to say, put themselves on the map and to and to put their team in a good light and to give their team a little bit of, or to give their fan base at least a little bit of confidence uh, moving into the season. Now, we all know it's just talk. We all know it, all it is is talk. All it is is lip service. But, again, you could come out of this thing looking like an idiot. You can come out of this thing looking like a genius. Um, there's never anybody that just whelms, right? It's always, and I know that's not a, a real word, but you know, there's, there's, there's rarely a, a chance where you walk away going, meh, that was okay. Because usually if it was, meh, that was okay, usually you're talking about how terrible it was. So usually it's like, man, they're in trouble. Or, man, he's good. And you saw a lot of that. You know, I thought Jimbo was good. I thought Drinkowitz was really good. Uh, he kept everything really light. He handled the Texas stuff really well um, because that was the big topic uh, during his session. Uh, the the player they had, I think it was. Uh, let me let me look at let me look up his name. Um, I thought he did a tremendous job at answering some of these SEC uh, media day stuff. Um, Let's see. Let's see if I can uh, see if I can find that. Yeah, it was uh, Case Cook um, at Case underscore Cook on Twitter, uh, Missouri offensive lineman. He said, "Quote: If you can't handle the horns down, Jester, I figure it'll be tough to play in this league." So he hadn't. He's wasting no time. No time in trolling, trolling Texas. So, um, you know, I thought that was good. I, th I thought everybody handled themselves really, really well. Um, so that was good to see. Um, Josh Heupel was, uh, was tremendous. He's been tremendous. He, he spoke at a coach's clinic when he first got hired. I mean, just the charisma he had with the staffs or not with the staffs, but with all the coaches that were in attendance, uh, the access that he allowed us, uh, he answered questions. You know, he he hung around. He small talked with everybody, and and sometimes you get these big time coaches, whether it's NFL or college, and and they try to big time you, right? Sometimes you get that. Didn't get that at all with Josh Heupel, and and he was very gracious with his time, spent a lot of time with us, and and made sure that you know he really just uh, gave us the pillars of of his program. So I thought he did a really good job. Kirby Smart. Did a really good job. Lane Kiffin, again, uh, this is like, this event is tailor-made for somebody like Lane Kiffin, somebody like Mike Leach. Like Mike Leach just never disappoints at, at media days. He's a, he's a, he's a soundbite, right? Let me spark up. DM me uh, at Coach Burton 36 if you want to partake. Um, so it's uh you know, so the, the big storylines, right? Dan Mullen, um, you know, he, he's wholeheartedly behind Emory Jones. Uh, he's going to – he confirmed that he's going to uh, manipulate the offense to fit his strengths, which is what you expect him to say. But nonetheless, it's good that he publicly acknowledges that because some coaches won't. They'll just say, yeah, we're going to do the best we can. You know, they're going to give you some standard coach speak. But, you know, he, he was very forthright. Uh, and, and very candid. And I, that's one of the things I really liked about these sessions is that these coaches were, were really good. Uh, Shane Beamer, 
Um, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. It's, it's going to be a huge, huge, huge rebuild. So, um, but, um, I think he did a really good job. I think he, I think he instills a lot of confidence. I think eventually, uh, when, when he builds that roster back up, if he can, because South Carolina is not easy to recruit at, uh, they, they're going to be pretty good. He gets after it. He's going to run a good program, good, clean program, and they're going to do a good job there. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Uh, Kirby had a lot of great things to say. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned last night, a lot of the good things that Kirby said were not about the actual uh, football stuff. Um, obviously, there's a lot to brag on there, but, uh, you know, he, he was bragging on the fact that, you know, during all this social injustice stuff that they, you know, he he challenged them to do the right thing and not, you know, not just sit there and say all the right things, but actually go out and, and back that up with actions. And they did. Uh, Dogs for Pups is a foundation that Cortez Hankton and his wife started and the players jumped in on that and, and they, they help it underprivileged kids uh, in Athens. That's, that's very, very good. That's very nice to see. Um, you know, some of the stuff with, uh, with the medical stuff with Ron Corson, he led up the sec medical task force. That was incredible. Um, so I was happy that to see that, you know, and, and it showed, you know, it showed because Georgia had very minimal uh, COVID issues, not saying that no one, got COVID behind the scenes, but the way they dealt with it was seamless. You know, they didn't have to, you know, I guess the procedures they have in place, I don't know the exact procedures they had in place because I wasn't there, but they were doing something right because they had very minimal disruption uh, with their season uh, due to COVID. So, you know, hats off to Ron Corson. Uh, again, Georgia just opened up a brand new football facility, uh, largest weight room in the country. Um, and I, I think it's, uh, I think it's extremely good, uh, that they were able to, uh, to do that. So, um, I just got an update from Israel. He's going to be joining us in about five minutes. So, uh, you only have to hear me ramble on for about five more minutes, but again, if you want to follow us, man, hit, you know, look down below, find us on social media. Uh, Israel's very, very active on, on social media. He's, he's in some, uh, discussions. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna ask him about, uh, about the, the whole Deion Sanders situation, coach prime. Um, he was, uh, he was very adamant that a reporter not call him Dion. And so we're going to get his opinion on that and him and I'll discuss that. I don't want to reveal my opinion yet, uh, because I want this conversation to happen. And I want you to hear it first when it happens, but uh, again, we're pres- I want to remind you guys, uh, find us on YouTube. We, we do have a YouTube presence. Uh, we are building that channel uh, at Be- it's the Believe in Georgia. Do- it's the Believe in Dogs uh, YouTube channel. Uh, you can find also my Be- Beast of the East and uh, SEC After Dark videos uh, linked there as well. There's a playlist on our channel uh, that those videos are on. Uh, so I'm all over the place, guys. Um, so so you got to you got to catch me. Catch me where you can. Uh, and of course, all our videos are there. Um, you know, very becoming more and more active on Twitter. Um, again, we were supposed to have Jay Boy on today, and uh, he called me earlier and and was, you know, he was like, "Man, I'm 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 so worn out." You know, this this whole SEC, SEC media days, man, it's a grind, right? It's a grind. The whole expansion thing, uh, all of that stuff. It's 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 a grind. So, 
Um, then he's worn out. So I, I don't blame him. We'll catch up with him next week. I'm sure this expansion stuff's not going to go away. Um, you know, there's not going to be, you know, camps are going to be a week away from opening next week. So we'll get some good stuff in with, uh, with Jake, uh, when he joins us next week. So hopefully he can get some rest and hopefully he can bring his a game there. Um, he's been dealing with this whole Twitter nightmare too. So I'm sure that's exhaust. I'm sure that's been exhausting. I'll let him tell you about that. If you, if you don't follow him on social media, uh, you don't know. So you'll, you'll find out next week. So I'm going to build suspense, right? That's what we do. So, um, like I said, uh, you know, media days, we're, we're going to, uh, when, when Israel jumps in here, we'll, we'll, we'll continue on this whole thing. Um, I'm, I'm going to go off here on a little tangent at, as I wait. Um, you know, uh, I, uh, I was, you know, for the first time ever, I watched, or I tried to, uh, my, my, my sleepiness didn't let me, didn't allow me to finish the game. Um, but I watched a very, very large portion of the Suns bucks, uh, game six, um, basketball might be back for me. Um, which is, I guess, good. Uh, the NBA was about as compelling as you could get. Uh, we're presented by betonline.ag. This is why I'm talking about this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to learn how to bet on that stuff. So uh, I, I was, I was extremely impressed. I was extremely impressed with, uh, with the bucks and how they were able to do it um, with, with just one lone superstar. And it got me thinking, it got me wondering like, you know, what would that look like over, you know, with college football, you know, cause you have these teams that are loaded, but like you have teams like Vandy who has a great quarterback and some decent pieces around them. Can they win with that? Obviously they're not going to win the conference and beat Alabama, beat Georgia, but, or beat A&M or, you know, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to run the table in the conference this year. Let's, let's not, let's not say that that's not what I mean, but they still can be successful. Um, can seals as good as they come. Like, I wonder how that's going to be. Like, it's like, we're going to see a real life example of that with, uh, with Ole Miss this year, because, you know, they have Matt Corral as their superstar. Uh, they have Jerry Neely as their kind of a uh, supporting star. And then they just have a bunch of, bunch of guys that know what their role is. And so I'm interested to kind of see, and, and I'm going to dig deep with Steve here uh, in the coming weeks on SEC after dark, uh, because, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to go there. Matt Corral is, is rated as the best quarterback in the conference preseason. You know, he's preseason all, first team all conference. I think he's a preseason all American. So um, I'm excited to kind of see what Ole Miss is going to bring to the table. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very excited about that. So um, without further ado, without further ado, joining me finally, He's donning the red and black. He is, uh, he, he made it through the storm. Uh, his, his boat is still intact. Oh, wait, no, this is not a scene from Forrest Gump. Uh, joining me, the man, the myth, and the legend, the storm chaser. Uh, I, I feel like you kind of took the name tornadoes a little too seriously, Israel. What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on, man? What's going on? Yeah, it's, it's hurricane season down here in South Georgia, so you never know what you're gonna get. Now we had a little little storm that came through, but it it came and went. You know, absolutely, so I'm, I'm man. Back we'll, in uh, 
Look, I've been rambling for the last, I don't know how long. So uh, you're going to have to come in here and save me. Um, <laughs> let's, let's jump backwards for a second. All right. Let's, let's hustle backwards. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, man. What, you know, that news broke yesterday. What, like, what was your first reaction when you saw that? Mm-hmm. Did, did you, did you like, to me, I thought it was kind of fake. Honestly, I was like, man, this is, like, this is not real. Yeah. I, I thought it we, we were at, we were at a uh, OTA, um, headed to an OTA yesterday, and, and the news came across Twitter, and I was like, "This is this has to be a joke." Um, I don't know why they would want to leave um, the Big Twelve. I mean, it really doesn't make sense to me. Um, but I guess you know, I guess if you're going for a power rank, is there anything like yeah. that? I guess that would be the reason why. Because um, if you think about it, if you go undefeated in the Big Twelve, you know, you win the Big Twelve championship, there's a good chance you're going to make the playoffs. So. I understand why they yeah, want to come to the, to the SEC. Um, that, I mean, I, I get why they want to. I mean, the the freaking Longhorn Network is is dying. Um, first of all, um, that the ratings are terrible. I'm sure, and you know they they just want to they just want to get in a league where they have a chance to to win and be successful. I think, and you know, honestly, I kind of like it because there's a lot of possibilities now. Uh, with college football. And I think that changes the landscape of some things and, and it might bring some necessary shakeup to the landscape of college football. Yeah. You, you got to look at a recruiting aspect, definitely open up recruiting for Texas as well. Um, they get tapped into some of these SEC teams. I mean, I see team, but these uh Southern team, I mean, Southern high schools um, get a couple of recruits in. Cause I mean, like you said, the, the Texas network is, is dying. You know, the SEC network is is on full blast right now. So, you know, a lot of things kind of take into consideration as to why they would think about it. But um, I think I read that uh, it's uh, Greg Sankey is the Mm -hmm. SEC commissioner, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, He said it was just, you know, it was just talk here and there. He didn't even know how it got out, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens moving forward. But Like I said, but I really don't understand why they would want to move, you know, out of the Big 12. It would seem like. Well, it's obvious that the Big 12 is really just not doing much to help them uh, competitively because, you know, it, it overall, it's a really weak conference, right? If you, if you look at it from top to bottom, um, mm-hmm. you know, you got Texas, you got Oklahoma. Um, and then every once in a while, you'll have teams spread up like Iowa State, Baylor every once in a while, uh, TCU mm-hmm. there for, for a few years, um, but never really a sustained team that was like you knew like there was three or four teams every single year that we're going to call that we're going to be pushing for for college football playoff consideration you know it was basically just like Mm -hmm. for a while it was just oklahoma and then you know can texas do it and and there wasn't really too much buzz around the big 12 and texas oklahoma Mm -hmm. i guess i feel like they're going to get left out of the playoff picture if they don't do well and they see a chance to jump into this playoff, even when it becomes a 12 team playoff, because a, they're going to be in the, they're going to be the sec. So when it comes to rankings, like, Hey, we're in the sec, we're going to get a lot of credit in the rankings. So that's going to give us a better chance of getting in the playoff, Mm -hmm. even if we don't win the conference. And so you have to think that that line of thinking was, was, was presented uh, to them. Uh, so they reached out to the conference and apparently they're being pretty aggressive about it because there was supposed to be this big conference call uh, with yeah. all the big 12 institutions in Texas and Oklahoma just basically gave them the big middle finger. So <laughs> this thing's getting interesting, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. 
it's going to get real interesting, you know. Yeah. But I, I would love to see it if it happened. Um, but you, you, you just, you just never know. But like I said, it's something must have happened in order for this mm-hmm. to even be about, you know. So either, you know, you don't get credit for beating yeah. Kansas. Everybody's beating Kansas. I think my Monroe <laughs> football team yeah, got beat Kansas. You know, so I think that right now, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, I think it's a level of competition. You know, winning the recruiting battle, you know, um, with the player likeness now, too, as well. You know, if you're not winning and people don't know who you are, you know, so I think think they're just trying to get get their name out a little bit more. Everybody knows Oklahoma, but unless Oklahoma's playing somebody big or it's a late game, I mean, nobody's really watching Big 12 football, but everybody's watching ACC football, SEC football, you know, things like that. So I think all that stuff's gone into consideration. And, you know, if it does happen, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, go undefeated. You know, even if you got one loss, yeah, I still I mean, think you can I, still I make think the playoff. If you're Oklahoma, you definitely can definitely can make the playoff no matter where you are if if, if you if you do well. Uh Texas, not so much, but who knows? But there there was an interesting uh there there was a real interesting uh possibility, I should say, um that was presented on the SEC network uh, about like how they would how they would manage the teams if if this were to happen. And one of the mm-hmm. things would be like a pod system, right? And I don't think they thought it through all the way to the SEC championship game. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, you have uh you have 16 teams, right? So you gotta, you know, to have eight teams in each division would make it a little crazy as far as like you can't play any you can't play any crossover games at that point. Um uh, unless you go to a mm-hmm. nine game schedule. Yeah. And so uh they would have to do something to break it up. So here here's the uh here's the deal. You have a nine game conference schedule. Uh you have four pods. Okay. Four pods play you play the three teams in your pod every season. Uh, and then you rotate through uh, two games in each of the pods. Okay. And then uh, every four seasons, you will have hosted every single team once every four seasons. Okay. So um, pod A, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Vandy, and pod B. Pod C would be LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, A&M. And Pod D would be the old Southwestern Conference, Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. So you got a rotating schedule. I mean, with this format, there would be no easy games. No, there would be no gaming games. Because Mississippi State's good now. Like, they're going to be good because Mike Leach, that's how he rolls. And Ole Miss is good. Arkansas is going to be Arkansas good. Missouri's is going to be good. good. Uh, Kentucky's going to be good. Apparently, mm-hmm. apparently, Will Levis is like getting some buzz. If if you look at our Twitter, uh, you know, I've been having a conversation uh, with the Kentucky folks and 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 Jake about uh, about Will Levis. So um, they're going to be good, and and South Carolina eventually mm-hmm. will be good. But South Carolina and Vandy are are kind of they're down right yeah. now, but I, I think they made the right moves. At, it, with their head coach and then Tennessee again, I think they made the right move with Heupel. They'll be good in due time because they're Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They'll recruit well eventually and uh, it'll, they'll cycle back up. So you get this, you get this four, 14 pot here for, you know, how, 
there's nothing as, as far as like SEC championships. So how do you think they would handle that? Like that would be weird. I think they just kind of have to configure everything kind of when uh, Texas A&M um, came in. So I like the pot idea. Um, you know, you yeah. just kind of cycle through that every year. Um, but at the same time, you just have to choose. Well, well take that back. With the pods, you never, you mm-hmm. can't choose which side is which. You know what I mean? Because everybody's just in the pod. You know, but I think what they have to do is just put each team on the side. So Texas, uh, Oklahoma would be in the mm-hmm. West, then Texas would be in the East. You know, I think that that would be the best way to do it. But like you said, there would be no right. gimme games at this point. You know, um, you know, you'd have to pay pretty much a full game schedule which I like because there's no slacks. You know, you got to bring your A yeah. game every single every single week, you know, because with Texas and Oklahoma coming in, they're going to come in to, right. to prove a point. You know, it's not just coming in just because, just for giggles, you know, it's coming in because we think we can win this conference. Yeah. We think we can compete. So, you know, I think you just have to put, I, I like the plot idea, but then like you said, there will be, you kind of have to decide who will be the uh, SC champs. Well, I guess you have to take the top yeah. two with the best record. But, you know what and, I mean? So that, that and, would be, here's another that would be the easiest uh, way here, to do it. Here's another thing that I've seen. Um, somebody, I don't know who it is, um, has gone through and like made potential schedules. So this would be like two whole pods would play each other. And then you'd play two random games from the other two pods. Mm-hmm. So like you have a South, Central, East, and West pod. And like, let's say year one, um, the South and the Central would be paired together and the West and the East would be paired together, right? So like the West and the East, mm-hmm. they would play, like the West would play all the teams from the East. So you would have, you know, the South and the Central would all play each other. And so the the top team out of that pod, out of those two combined pods, would go. Mm-hmm. And then the same with the West and the East, like Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, okay. you know, Texas, Oklahoma, AM, and and the zoo would all play each other. And then they would play two random games from the South and the central um, as crossovers. And so like you would like, yeah. and every year it would rotate, like the pods would rotate uh, as far as who's paired yeah. up. And uh, I guess on a four year cycle, it, it would reset um, to back, back to being, you know, South Central, East West, and so you would just you would just do that, and and I think that's a yeah. That's like Russian roulette, you know. You you never it I know. Could be a different champion every year, you know. It'd be a different team every single year going, yeah. which would be that which would be fun, you know. It's it's one of those things to where if it works, great, you know. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. let's just keep it simple and you know split both of them up on the side yeah. and let's go to work. Yep. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm excited about the possibilities there's a million different ways this thing could go. So, uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated on that. I'm sure this will be some stuff that I'm sure this will be some developments that will, that will come, come and go. So, um, have you been paying much attention to, uh, to media days? Have you, uh, have you noticed anything? I've, um, I I think I heard Curry speak a little bit the other day. Um, like we've been so busy this week uh, with OTAs and stuff. I hadn't really, I hadn't watched TV. You know, everything I really, I really see is yeah. just for me scrolling on Twitter. Um, but uh, I heard that uh, uh-huh. Coach Harson had had a great one um, the other day. Uh, Coach Stoops talked well, so I hadn't really had to listen to him. Um, but I heard that they they gave some pretty good stuff. And of course, yeah. Mike Leach is Mike Leach. So 
you know, I know, I know his interview went, went yeah. really well. In, in my ramblings, I, I was going on and, and uh, mentioning that I thought all the coaches did really, really well. Um, you know, Ed Orgeron has some, you know, he's probably had the most challenging questions to face with, you know, all these allegations that are, that are pending on mm-hmm. him. I thought he handled that really, really well. Um, I, I thought their representatives, uh, Derek Stingley and Austin Deculus really did a good job there. I thought I was impressed with Drinkwoods today. You know, he was peppered with all this Texas, Oklahoma stuff. Uh, I thought he did a good job with that. Um, mm-hmm. but Jimbo did a really good job. I, you know, of course, Leach is just, Leach is great, man. He, he's, he's incredible. Uh, yeah. He's he great. I mean, him and, him and Kiffin are for built TV. for this thing, man. This is like their, this is like their Super Bowl, right? They're built for media days. Yeah. Uh, Kiffin was great. Uh, Kirby, obviously. Um, I, I thought Kirby did a really, really good job. Jordan Davis. Uh, you know, I, I watched all of those on, on YouTube. I, I made sure to watch all our Georgia guys on, on YouTube and I just caught mm-hmm. snippets of the others, but, um, you know, I thought Jordan Davis did a really, really good job. Um, JT was, JT was, was, was good, poised, compl- you know, he had a few tough questions about some of his teammates, you know, cause that can, that can be kind of awkward, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the guy you're directly com- uh, competing yeah. against, right. Uh, they ask you about him. They're like, yeah, mm-hmm. how's he developing? And, you know, deep down inside, you want to say, yeah, he's not as good as me, but you, you know, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. You know, we had to take that class, uh, how to talk to reporters, you know, when we first got to Georgia. So, you know, you get you got to watch what you say. But one thing Kirby did say, you know, it was about expectations mm-hmm. of other people and his expectation. You know, uh, one thing he said was we don't worry about the expectations that yeah. people outside of our program put on us. You know, because at, at the end of the day, it's hard to make young men, yeah. you know, do what you want to do all the time. You know, so he said we worry about day to day what we got to do. Uh, what we got to do to get better and things like that. So we don't, we try not to listen to the outside noise and worry about what you expect us to do. You know, our expectations are already high, you know, so we can't compound that with extra pressure from the outside noise and try to do something else. And that's what I think about every time I get asked, mm-hmm. is this Georgia's year to win it? Uh, it's Georgia's year every year to win it, you know, but as a coach, you know, you, you instill that in your guys, you want them to think that, but you can't worry about that. You know, that's, what 13, 14 games mm-hmm. down the end, you got to win game one first before you even think about, you know, playing in, in January. So, I mean, I think he did a good job of, of that. Yeah, that really absolutely. And, he, and uh, he had a really nice quote from Henry David Thoreau, as far as success and expectations and things like that. He said, um, you know, success mm-hmm. comes to those who are too busy to look for it. Yep, that's it. That's that's what yeah. I was looking at. That's it was, exactly uh, what that it quote, was. Yeah. Like that quote stuck out to me. And and usually I don't like usually I don't remember mm-hmm. things like that. Usually I, I have to like look it up and read it word for word, but that one kind of stuck with me because I was gonna talk to our team about that, but apparently mm-hmm. I need to go even further back uh to talk to our team. We we didn't have such a such a great day mentally at our seven on seven. Physically, athletically, we made some really good plays, but man, we lost our minds today. So, <laughs> yeah, we went against the mighty Coffee County Trojans today. Um, you know, my little tornadoes went down there and put Apparently on the show. Little today. tornadoes came rolling today. through town just a I mean, few like, ago. like I tell them all the time. I said, well, "Yeah, they did." And I hope they all go to bed now. Lord have mercy, it was bad, yeah, man. It sounded yeah. like World War Two out here. 
Um, but, you know, we went down and put on the show. I was very proud of them. Our, our offensive line is getting – are they starting to gel and starting to figure it out? Um, a little yeah, bit of me good. making them figure it out. So, um, you know, we, we start in two weeks. You know, next week's acclimation. And then uh, we, we our first scrimmage game is the 13th. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's coming fast, man. You know, this – you know, you think, hey, even with COVID yeah, happening, you know, this summer went by quick. You know, so yeah. it's I mean, going to be exciting been, uh, coming up. We did, uh, we, we're two weeks into acclimation. Like we did our first, first few days in helmets. And uh, last week we were in uppers. We were basically in full pads because we wore girdles mm-hmm. also. So, I mean, that's like basically full pads. Yeah. Uh, next week we're going to be in full pads. And we got a first scrimmage on Friday against the same team we went went seven on seven with today. So um, Franklin Road Academy. So I'm excited to okay. kind of see where we're at. Um, when we can play real 11 on 11 football, because honestly, you know, you and I've talked, we're, we're not built mm-hmm. for seven on seven and that's okay. I, I don't really care to be built for seven on seven. It doesn't really bother me because mm-hmm. we're going to do a lot of play action. We're going to, we're going to be explosive. Um, you know, jet probably going to be our best play. Um, that's probably gonna be our number one play. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm excited about our progress. I'm excited to see where our offensive line is. Uh, they've got a ways to go, but I, I think they can do it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited about that. But speaking of speaking of high school prospects, man, uh, we literally and figuratively got a huge commitment today. Branson Robinson. Yes, he's a huge young man. But there's a thing you lose Zeus, then you get another. I know. I mean, it's, it's insane. <laughs> I, I I was. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised, but because I, I think he's been. I think he's been. Georgia all along and uh you know you mm-hmm. you, you lose a linebacker commit um today but you know Branson Robinson Branson Robinson is somebody that uh you know comes in and, and immediately makes this offense explosive right uh he comes in mm-hmm. I mean Dale McGee is a recruiting machine he is the he is the running back in, in, in the words of John Malkovich in the movie Rounders I don't know if you've seen rounders pay that man, his money, pay that man, his yes. money. Yes. Um, and I, I can't, I can't stress how great he's been in recruiting and just what he's been able to do and the impact that he's had, mm-hmm. um, not only with the running backs, but I mean, just, just being, just being a dog in recruiting. And, and so this is just yet another piece yeah. um, to the puzzle here. And, and, uh, I'm excited. You look at pictures of him. He's, you know, <laughs> I've heard somebody refer to him as a hero action figure. <laughs> I mean, the kid is in, he's supposed to be a senior in high school. He's deadlifting mm-hmm. over 700 pounds. I mean, I think he, he benches like over 340 something pounds. I mean, that's unheard of. Any place, you know, you can hear Lyman and mm-hmm. stuff doing that, but he's a running back doing this stuff. So, um, you know, I saw him, saw him in, in the UGA jersey and everything. I'm like, this is, who is this man? You know, and when you look at him, you know, but he, he's going to be a freshman when he when he rolls in Athens. So I'm excited to have him. I mean, like I said, Coach McGee, man, he's doing, he is blazing the trails. I mean, you know, whatever he's selling, you know, they need to come spread yeah. for some on our guys, you know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this. Right, I mean, We'll never have a, a shortage of running backs. You know, we we got great. If you lose two, we're going to lose two this year with Cook and Zeus. We know that already. But still, you got three more back there, and you add another one. 
So, I mean, I think it's well, mm-hmm. four or five back there now. So, I mean, it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's a great problem to have. You know, and he does a great job of mixing in reps, finding ways, finding what they do well. You know, certain situations we want these guys in. So, you know, that takes a lot of game plan and understanding your guys. And that's one thing that Coach McGee does. He understands what they can do. And, and, and what and they can do I well. haven't seen anybody that's been able to successfully rotate four running backs and get them big, meaningful carries. Mm-hmm. And he's he's figured out a way. <laughs> he's figured out the he's figured out a way to get him get a meaningful snap. So I'm excited. Welcome to the welcome to the club, mm-hmm. uh, Branson Robinson. Uh, glad to have you. Um, you're you're going to do well. Uh, you're going to fit in really well. Kendall Milton, uh, McIntosh, Dylan Edwards, and Branson Robinson is going to be quite the quite the uh, quite the foursome. And I'm sure there will be some more that are uh, that are added on that as well. So um, do you want to get into a, a little bit of Auburn talk? I, I know that uh, your guy, coach Bobo's over there. Um, do you want to get into a little Auburn talk? Let's, let's preview oh, yeah. them a little bit. Uh, they were, uh, they yeah, were up on media yeah. days today uh, with, uh, you know, they, they, they brought Bo Nix uh, as a representative. Um, and, and, you know, of course, uh, you know, he, he is uh Bo Nix, I, I think, is, you know, they, they bring in Demetrius Robertson as well as wide receiver. You know, there's, there's some interesting things happening over there. And, you know, I, I think that when you look at this Auburn team, uh, with the turnover, with kind of what they have going on, they've got kind of a weird roster set up. And to be Ooh. honest, I, I don't know how to predict them. You know, I, I know they, they – you know, however, you know, how much better and how much progression that uh, Bo Nix has done is going to mm-hmm. tell how good that offense is. You know, we know who their coordinator is. Coach Bo is a great guy. Um, Coach Harson comes in, bringing in a different mentality um, to what they're doing uh, philosophy-wise. So if Bo Nix has progressed, I think Auburn has a good mm-hmm. chance of, of being successful, you know, except for one game of the season, of course. Um, defensively, they're still going to be really good. You know that they got a great defensive coordinator. You know, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be gonna be one of those situations where Bo Nix can come out and do what he's supposed to do. They can move the football. They got one of the best running backs in the league. So if they can come out, Bo Nix can progress, and that that was really the problem. It was Bo Nix. You know, Bo Nix didn't have anybody pushing him behind him, so he knew he was he was the star. He was never going to be taken out as quarterback. And he, so and he, acted he didn't like work it. as hard. You know, he's yeah. arguing with his OC. Yeah, and he's arguing with his OC on the sideline. And I'd say Auburn's problem, you know, they just got kind of stagnant with Gus Malzahn there. You know, they had a run that got successful. And, you know, it just kind of, yeah. You know, it just kind of just kind of got stale. You know, they needed to change. And I think uh, uh, new coach coming in, new coordinators coming in, New mindset coming in. I think. I think now's the time. Yeah, that and, and I think that you know when things get stale, that that tends to happen. You know, especially at this high of a level. Um, you know, it's 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 really hard mm-hmm. to sustain. And, and and the days of like being the head coach for forty years is is probably probably not going to happen anymore. I mean, you, you get stale. I mean, just the attention spans um, of this generation is mm-hmm. rapidly decreasing, and and so you know, your, your voice, your culture, your whatever only lasts for so long. Like Nick Saban is the last of the, of the old heads that, you know, have 
extended staying power. It's going to be very transient uh, business in the, in the world of college coaching. Uh, I'm afraid. So uh, I think Gus will do really well down at, uh, down at UCF, mm-hmm. not to be the uh, believe in UCF central Knights mm-hmm. uh, golden Knights podcast, but I think he'll do, I think he'll do really well. I mean, he did really well at Auburn. I, I was, you know, a few years he disappointed a few years he underachieved, but you know, for the most part, he had them rolling. He had them in the conversation. It's really hard to compete with Bama in that division, especially on the, especially with the run that they've been on. He's been probably the most successful coach in the conference against Nick Saban. So not many people can say that, but mm-hmm. you know, with, with Bo Nix, uh, I, I think this is interesting because you bring in TJ Finley, uh, Demetrius Davis is also pushing him now. So that's got, you know, competition is either going to make you, is either going to make you shine and, and raise your game or you're going to fold like a cheap suit and you're going to get replaced. And, mm-hmm. and both of those situations are good because it's going to kind of let you know where you're at, right? It's going to be kind of like a wake up call for Bo Nix. Bo Nix has the mm-hmm. talent to play quarterback in the sec at a high level. He, he really does. And he's in a system that's going to allow him to do that because, you know, you know, with coach Bobo, it's multiple, right? Different formations, uh, different plays, different, mm-hmm. you know, same plays from different formations, checks, check with me's RPOs, things like that. Uh, and then, and then Harson kind of brings that other, uh, that other, uh, I guess, uh, part of the spread to, to join up with coach Bobo because Harson's an offensive guy. Uh, but he, he's really kind of turned the keys over to Bobo and mm-hmm. he, you know, he's helping him in the development of, of, of all of this. And, you know, I, I think that they're going to do a good job. I mean, it's going to be kind of like the relationship that, that Rick and Bobo had, I think uh, as far as like professionally where, Mm -hmm. you know, Rick had, Rick had input, right. Coach Rick had input, but it was really like, Hey, coach Bobo, this thing is yours. Um, You know, here's my input. Here's what I'd like to see. But Mm -hmm. I mean, this thing's yours. Um, You know, just, just, just kind of, just kind of weave these things in and, and, and you got it. And so, you know, Bobo does a good enough job, I think, um, as a coordinator. And I think he's going to be a good coordinator. Uh, and he's one of those that, I mean, yeah. he tried his hand at head coaching. Uh, didn't work out for him well. Not a great situation at Colorado State. But, you know, a number of a number of factors got him. Health was one of them, unfortunately. And, and you know, mm-hmm. head coaching, you know, I, I, I don't know that it was for him, and that's okay. So, you know, Bo Nix believes in him. I, I think Bo Nix and him are, are getting along great. Uh, I don't think there's any other option because, um, mm-hmm. you know, Coach Bobo is uh, somebody you either love or you hate, um, I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> and, most definitely. <laughs> you know, I, I see Bo Nix really flourishing in this offense, to be honest with you. I, I think I think Auburn's going to surprise a few people. Yeah, it's a- uh, Ole Miss is really going to be uh, a surprise team in the West, at, at how good they're going to be. Um, I, I think Auburn is a couple of pieces away from being back to where they should be uh, towards the top of that division. Uh, this year, they'll, they'll be good. They'll be solid. They won't be great. Um, but you have Tank Bixby. Uh, I I think he's the best back in the league. Uh, now, I, I really like Isaiah Spiller, but I think I, I would rather have Bixby. I think Bixby is, is as good as they come. You know, when you talk about when you talk about nationally, I, I think he's up there as well. Um, I mean, he's extremely, extremely talented and they're going to yeah. find ways to use them. And, and uh, I think, you know, with this new uh, with, with coach Bobo's offense, like running backs do really well. 
I don't know if you've heard of these guys, uh, Todd Gurley, uh, Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb before, before coach smart got here. Um, they had really good years. Um, Oh, oh yeah. Those guys, all of them played in the NFL. Right. So to me, coach Bobo's Mm -hmm. offense knows how to feature a running back. That's scary. When you have a guy as talented as tank Bixby, um, that's scary. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as far as Auburn's offense goes, I'm, I'm excited. And, and Bo Nix, I mean, Demetrius Robertson, I hope he has some tread left on his tires. That guy's had a tough career, uh, as far as uh, luck going. As far as luck mm-hmm. goes, uh, had a really good freshman year at, at Cal. Transferred to Georgia, just couldn't gain any traction in the lineup uh, for whatever reason, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, gets a new, gets a fresh start uh, for for one season uh, down at Auburn. He's taking advantage of his COVID COVID extra season, and he's going to join the Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. What what impact do you think he's going to make? I think he's going to make a big one. Um, you know, uh, they lose Schwartz. Um, you know, they, they really don't have a big play guy over there at Auburn yet. So I think, you know, we all know what, what Demetrius could do. But like you say, he never could crack, you know, the Georgia lineup because, you know, people are just slightly better to him, you know, within that receiving core. So I think, like you say, he's got a fresh start over at Auburn. Um, they really don't have an established receiver yet. I think he can be that guy, uh, that, that focal guy, because we know he can do it. Um, so, you know, I, I wish him all the, all the success because, you know, Coach Bubbo's offense is very quarterback friendly, very running back friendly. Um, so, you know, whatever he decides to do, the RPOs that he's incorporated now with different concepts, that, um, I think if, if they can get it rolling, you know, they've always been pretty good up front. Um, so if they can get it rolling, then it, Auburn's going to be a force to work with. Like I said, they're going to be pretty solid this year. They're not going to be great. Uh, but they're going to be pretty solid this year. But look for them, you know, in years to come to be able to compete with the Alabamas, you know, the world over exactly. there on the, on the uh, gonna, west side. They got their work cut out for them. Um, Derek Mason comes in as defensive coordinator. Um, obviously, a really tough go at it as head coach at Vanderbilt. Um, had some early momentum, but really just ran out of gas and ran out of it quickly. Uh, and And things fell apart for him. Uh, mm-hmm. But he he joins he comes to the Plains as defensive coordinator, uh, which was the reason why he was able to come to the SEC in the first place from Stanford. Uh, he he takes over defense. Let's just say it was dead last in third third down stops. Uh, gave up four hundred plus yards uh, to Alabama, who had a historic offense. So I think everyone gave up four hundred yards to Alabama, uh, Texas A and M, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, they were sixth in the conference in total defense, fourth in scoring D. Um, so they were up and down, right? Um, but we know what mm-hmm. we know what Derek Mason brings to the table. Now he doesn't have to worry about the head coaching stuff. He can get uh, he can get this unit back in order. They have uh, eight starters expected to be back, so that's always a plus, right? You get an experienced coordinator who's been a head coach in this mm-hmm. league. You get eight starters returning. That's going to be kind of scary. Uh, you know, two guys that I'm really excited yeah. about is Owen Popo and, and Zacoby McLean. Uh, if I'm an Auburn fan, they combine for 216 tackles mm-hmm. uh, and, and should be doing it all again. Owen Popo is the other representative for Auburn in the uh, at Media Days. Um, 
They get Drayshawn Miller from West Virginia. Man, it seems like West Virginia's entire defense just decided to up and leave, right? Um, Roger McCreary, yeah. uh, you know, on the other side, he, he's, a, he's a senior. He had 45 tackles, uh, seven tackles for loss, three picks, six broken up passes. Um, you know, they, they've got the safety spot to, to figure out, but um, well, they got one safety spot. But one of the coolest names in the conference returns, Smoke Monday. Uh, with 73 tackles at the safety spot, mm-hmm. um, got screwed on a uh, targeting call. Forget who it was against, but it, it was it was so weak. I think it was Kentucky, maybe. Mm-hmm. So um, then you got uh, some slappy at, at nose guard, 335 pound UAB transfer uh, Tony Fair. I say that uh, jokingly. Uh, Colby Wooden, uh, Tyrone Truesdale. Uh, some guys that are going to contribute on the defensive line, but man, this, this unit is going to have a lot of experience coming back. And that's really the biggest key. Mm-hmm. With a new, with a new coordinator coming mm-hmm. in, uh, you want to have some experience um, simply because those guys know what to do. Those guys could probably adapt a little bit better than somebody new. Um, but one thing that, that I did notice, you know, as a COVID play, I coached him down at, but also he was a part of our wildcat team. Um, at Valdosta, and he took it personal, you know, that he wasn't on the all-SEC list at linebacker and things like that. So I look for him to have a big year. Um, Zach Etheridge comes back to Auburn um, to handle the secondary, so I look for the secondary to be better this year. Um, like you said, Derek Mason, is, he's a very smart guy. He's a very good coordinator. Um, and having him taking over the defense now, um, like you said, you don't have to worry about head coaching duties. He just has one thing to think about. And look, look for them to be be really good on defense again this year. Now it's hard, you know, when you have eight eight returning stars not to be good, you know. Um, so now it just comes down to coaching, get those guys in the right place, having to play fast and physical. Um, so I think the defense is going to be the strength for it, Auburn this it's year. It's got to be. I mean, you have an offense that struggled uh, a year ago. So, like, the biggest key for Auburn um, as a whole, like offense has got to – Got to find a, a solution in, in the passing game. Obviously, they're going to be able to run really well. They've got to be able to figure mm-hmm. out the passing game. Um, and one thing that Harson and, and Bobo really like to do that Auburn fans haven't seen in over a decade is the use of a tight end. So they're going to, they're going to figure out how to use the tight mm-hmm. end. Uh, they got Jake Fromm's brother down there as one of their tight ends. Uh, George, uh, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to try. Uh, the big guy. Uh, I think he wears number zero, actually, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Uh, they got him. Yeah. Yeah. Peegs. Which I think he used to be name. a quarterback. They get the, I, I said I wasn't going to attempt it, and, I, and mm-hmm. I attempted it. So, Auburn fans, I apologize. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's just going to figure out who the quarterback is, right? Uh, is it Bo Nix? Uh, if he struggles, how short mm-hmm. of a leash does he have with T.J. Finley sitting over there? Or with Demetrius Davis, depending on who wins that battle. Uh, for the backup spot, I, I think Bo Nix is going to be your starter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of he has to be right. I mean, he he's the veteran guy. Yeah, he was just that immediate. He was just that immediate. That'd, so I would, I would that'd be kind of weird. Um, but everybody's picking Miles Brennan to be the starter at LSU. That ain't gonna happen. Um, but mm-hmm. they got they got some stuff over there at LSU, yeah. and I know we'll get into that later. But uh. It's, it's going to be a very interesting yeah, season because each team is getting better. You know, it's not just going to no, be the, the Alabama's and the Georgia's. Really I mean, Missouri's gotten better. 
Oh, Ole Miss gotten better. Mississippi State's gotten better. Arkansas has gotten better. You know, so I mean, it's going. It's going to be a fun race. In the I can't this wait. Year. Uh, I can't wait to see Kentucky. We we had our man Vinny Hardy on last week. Man, he got me fired up about Kentucky. I like Kentucky. I like I like Mark Stoops. I think they do a tremendous mm-hmm. job over there. So, uh, for Auburn uh, defensively, they got to get off the field on third down. Um, again, like I said, they were dead last in the SEC uh, and among the worst in the nation on third down, right? Half of the time they were giving up conversions, mm-hmm. right? So that was awful. Um, and in spurts, they gave up a lot of points. So um, interesting game on their schedule uh, at Penn State. At Penn State. So that'll be a fun one. Auburn at Penn State, one. that's one that you don't normally see. But um, I hope that Penn, I hope that Pennsylvania is allowing fans um, because that would be a great whiteout game on September 18th. Uh, so that'll, that'll be a fun one mm-hmm. there. Uh, but you know, as, as we take a look at their schedule, um, their schedule, obviously Akron, Alabama state, th- those are two good, easy warm-up games, but then you got Penn state. Uh, then you got Georgia state. Ask Tennessee about Georgia state. But how about this run of games? Okay. At LSU, Georgia, at Arkansas, open, Old Miss, at AM, home against Mississippi State. That is a, a really, really tough run of games right there. Even with the open date in the middle. I mean, you would think, like, if you looked at the schedule like two seasons ago, and you saw Arkansas and Ole Miss, you'd be like, oh man, they got like a real, they got like three open dates, mm-hmm. right? Not anymore. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss is explosive. No, Arkansas is physical. Uh, LSU, I don't care how bad they are, they're always tough at home. Um, AM, always tough yeah. at home. They got Spiller, they got Wiedemeyer. Uh, whoever wins that quarterback battle, I'm sure it'll be good. I think it's going to be Haynes King. Uh, Mississippi State, you get them late in the year. That's never fun. Um, at South at South Carolina on November 20th, we don't know what we don't know what that game is going to look like, but that could be a tough game. For some reason, Auburn struggles with South Carolina. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but they do. They do. They do. Um, they do. And then, of course, the Iron Bowl, which could be blowout city or could be close game and Alabama could be sitting on three losses at that point. Who knows? Um, Cause Alabama's got a lot of pieces to, uh, to replace too. So I'm not, I'm not so sure that they're, they're the runaway favorites right now. Mm-hmm. The West is the West is very, very interesting. So, uh, but that's our, that's our look at Auburn. Uh, when we talk to J boy next week, he's resting up and he is, uh, you know, media days took a really, really aggressive, interesting turn for him. And so he, he texted me earlier and said, Hey man, can we push? I am worn out um so yeah I, so we're, we're gonna get him on this week he said uh i tweeted that programming note and he said yeah it's 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 gonna go down so um so he was uh like i said he's he's spent man so he he's resting right now um <laughs> you know israel's trying to take on a third career as a storm chaser uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's that busy time, man. It's, it's about to be football season. Everybody's rolling. So, 
I mean, it's it's a great time. It's, it's the it's the best time of the year when football season is about to start. So, you know, our bands was was practicing today. Um, you know, once the bands start oh, yeah. practicing, you know, yeah. it's almost football season. So, um, we I, I can't I can't wait for next week when we start acclimation. I can't wait to yeah, see the dogs um, kick off um, against in Charlotte, the Clemson Tigers. Um, so. We're we're going a little long because I rambled for thirty minutes uh, while I was waiting on you, um, while I was waiting on Mother Nature really to 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 let you get on the air, um, <laughs> which is totally fine. But I don't think anybody signs up for our show to hear me to hear me ramble on. But um, yeah, so you're uh, like when there's band practice going on, right? Uh, do, a do they do it in the parking lot? And B mm-hmm is the band director sitting up in like some scaffolding with a, with a bullhorn, just yelling at him the entire time? Uh, no, we uh, say, cause right now while we're in the weight room, they're on the football field. Um, but then they have a practice area right behind the football field as well, uh, which is, which is grass. Um, so uh, he's actually down, he's running around, he's talking to kids, getting them lined up. So um, he doesn't really sit in the tower. Um, our, our brand director is uh, really hands-on. Um, he does a really good job, too. Um, so they, 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 they do it right down here now. It's oh, like man, Battle of the so Bands whenever fun. they're playing. And they play that's some old so school fun. jams and things like that. So um, we, we were out there jamming the other day where they were out to... there practicing. So um, it, it's exciting. Like I said, Absolutely, it's always man. fun when the um, band starts. One of my playing. favorite things about some of our opponents was, uh, you know, Trick Daddy, uh, Shut Up was a really popular song um, during my mm-hmm. time in high school. And these bands like uh, North Clayton, Riverdale, Mar- we played all the Clayton County schools uh, and, and Henry County schools in our region. So yeah. like love joys band, North Clayton's band. Uh, a lot of these bands would play that trick daddy song. And, you know, mm-hmm. they're not bringing very many woodwinds to the, to the table. It's all brass and drums. And I'm here for it, man. I I loved it. And, you know, North Clayton actually like their band, like made fun of our band. Like their band is maybe a third of the size of our band. Like our (laughs) band, the, the previous year had gone to the Olympics and played in the opening ceremony. Like our band was really good, but Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they made fun of us, you know, obviously. Um, and they trolled us a little bit, but they played, uh, they played the, uh, that song they played. Yeah. They played that trick daddy song. That was, that was probably the one that stood out to me the most trick daddy shut up. Cause it's like that. It's all tuba, <laughs> you know, or whatever they call that thing yeah. that they wear. Uh-huh. I don't know what they call it. But, uh, it's, it, it's all tuba, man. It's like, bum, 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 bum. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they, they, they blow it loud too, tuba. man. You got the, you got the drum major just going nuts over there. Uh, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's insane, man. It's like, it, it's, it's an experience. Um, when I was working at Phillips arena, we hosted a, uh, we hosted a battle of the bands and it was like all these high schools. And I, I think Banneker, I think their band won it maybe or Westlake. Maybe mm-hmm. it was a freaking show, man. Um, it was a yeah, show. They get they get down there. So I, I I was thoroughly thoroughly impressed with that. So 
Um, but yeah, our, our band director would, would sit up in this, uh, scaffold, right. He had like scaffolding built so that he could watch it. It was in, it was in the parking lot across, like at our school across the street, like our campus, the way our campus is laid out is like Mm -hmm. all our athletic facilities is on the old campus. So like the old school was still intact. It was being used Mm -hmm. as like the alternative school. So like if you got in a fight and got kicked out, you went to alternative school, which is right across Mm -hmm. the street. Um, but all our athletic facilities were still over there. And so our new school was across the street. And just to be clear, um, the blueprint was sold. Um, well, the blueprint was selected. Uh, the guy, the architect that designed that blueprint originally intended that blueprint to be for a prison. True story. True story. (laughs) Prison. Wow. Um, and the way it's set up, like it makes sense. It's very, it's like way too symmetrical. Windows are double pane, don't open. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two interior courtyards. Um, there's even like they even they even went so far as to like it, it was like a decorative guard tower. Like it looked like a guard tower. And they stuck with it. Mm-hmm. So is it I know, right? Already built. So I was like, this is this is crazy. Like, how, how do they how do they do that? But anyway, I, I say that to say that we're we're up there like running gasters at eight thirty in the morning and practicing, and hitting and sweating and like it's you know it's Georgia, so you know how hot it is, right? Um, it gets just as hot up in mm-hmm. the up in the ATL too. They call it Hot Atlanta for a reason. Um. So we're up there sweating our asses off. And uh, of course, of course, you hear the band, they're going, they're doing their thing. Right. And you know, that like, you know, that like electric timer thing that you hear, it's like the to keep them on beat. You would hear that. And you would hear him in the bullhorn. Like he would say like March time, hut forward. And then he would say, cut, cut, cut. And he'd start yelling at him. And he did that for like the entire practice. Yeah. We're like, God, it's, most, it's like, man, that sucks. Sounds about right. And you know, they Sounds would always say, yeah, right. band practice is tougher than football practice. I'm like, well, a, no, it's not. But B, yeah, you got a point. Like, you're getting freaking yelled at for no reason. It sucks. It's not tougher than football practice, but it sucks because uh, it's hot. And you're yeah, yelled at it for sucks. Yeah, not taking for taking a half step when you should have taken a quarter step. Yeah. 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 Welcome. Welcome to Fayette County high school. You just got a glimpse. Um, So, yeah, but you know, I I think that's going to do it for us uh, tonight. Um, Israel, I'm I'm glad you were able to make it. Uh, I I was getting kind of, I was getting kind of worried that the storm was getting real bad. Cause I, I, cause I know you said you were gonna, you were gonna jump in, uh, but you know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that you did. I got me a ring light. Can you see my face is lit up now? It got me a ring light. I yeah, saw that. Sound. You got, you got your little light. Yeah. I got to I got to change the light bulbs, uh, oh, here you go. outside this Behind week. Behind the velvet rope, right? Sweet. Um, so I'm, I'm, there you go. I'm lit. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, you know, a couple, a couple programming notes, uh, as we move forward. Um, you know, we're looking obviously to get, uh, Jake crane on next week from the J boy show. 
uh, talk to talk everything that's on this sidebar over here. Um, talk with him, get his opinion on that. Uh, also, uh, we, we welcome, uh, we're going to get uh, Kyle Sutherland from hog talk in here talk about Arkansas. Uh, I got Chris Clark from, uh, from Gamecock central on deck. We're going to talk to him, preview the Gamecocks a little bit, have a little fun with him uh, and then work on getting somebody for Florida. Uh, I've got my Vandy guy, uh, try to reconnect the, the South Georgia connection with you and Ryan Seymour. Last time we talked to the Vandy guys, you were in a tree stand killing something. Like I said, like I said, you were like very true. light years more outdoorsy than me. So um, good for you. Have you killed anything lately? No, no, no just the yeah, snake. That's about it. There you go. Just the snake. Yeah. Well, we got to get you out there hunting, man. Well, you know, you probably don't have time, do you? I know. Well, uh, no, I do. It's, it's not, nothing, right. nothing's really killable right now. Right. So, good. There, there's I bet you'll, coming you'll up go, soon. Will you pull an all nighter like after the game and then just go sit in the, st- go sit in the tree? Good. Yes. I do good that all you. the time. Uh, another reason we need to get a light on you is to see this glorious beard you're, you're, you're getting in. I know my wife got on to me today because I've been gone for the last two days. Uh, when I got back today, and she was like, you need to go see the barber too far, right? You got to get at least like, the yes, top man. cut. I got to get the top, and I got to get this this situation yeah. on my face. Is, is you tired out, so. of uh, <laughs> the no shave until the playoff beard? Is she is she getting tired of that? Yeah, she. I, I've, she's like, you growing it early. I was like, no, I just hadn't had time to go get a haircut. What needs to happen, like, by the end of the season, you're going to have, like, your hair's going to be, like, down to here. Yeah. Growing out out the old old school fro, might might twist it up and uh, give me some Allen Iverson. Who did that? Who would do, like, the half twist? Was that Rasheed Wallace or Ben Wallace? Do, like, that half the head twisted uh and the other half fro? That's what you need to do, man. You should Mm -hmm. bring that back. Yeah. Like I said, I'm gonna live my beard life and my hair life uh, like Harrison can do. So you got to do all the funky hairstyles, right? Hey, let's do it. Let's Let's go. All right, man. Well, uh, like I said, if you want to follow us, look down right here below. Uh, Follow all our all of our information. Uh, uh, Israel is very very uh, interesting on Twitter. Uh, What did you think of the old Dion situation? Oh man, I, I had did. people after you, you saw the comments. Right? People yeah. say this, people say that, but like I tell people all the time, if adults can't follow directions, exactly. how do we expect kids to? If a coach asks you to call me coach, okay, just call him coach. I mean, it's <laughs> I really, that it's, was, that it's was really so, not that like hard. that was so petty of that guy to do, right? And, you know, and then people try to say. And people, he's not his superior. It's not about being superior or being over somebody. It's just a point of respect. He says, hey, call me coach. You know, I am a coach. You know, I I prefer to be called coach. Just do it. Coach Sanders, Coach Prime, Coach Coach Dion. Coach whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think he's at that point of his career where he now, I think, realizes that, hey, if I'm going to get respect, I got to start, you know, being referred to as coach. And that's the first step. And, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I commend him for it because that, that reporter, it's like real hard to, it's real hard to trust reporters when you see that kind of stuff happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I hate when adults try to justify mm-hmm. adults being stupid. And like, it, like how, how do you, it just bothers, oh, that bothers me so bad. You're going to justify the fact that he just told this man to call him coach. Just, hey, man, can you refer to me as coach? And you don't. And now y'all are defending him and saying that Dion yeah. was doing too Dion much. Dion set no, a standard. I mean, I don't think he should have. I don't think he should have walked off. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, but still, that's what he wanted to be. Well, called. the respect Just was broken. Was really I don't blame him for walking off. The respect was broken. Like, like you're not going to get anything productive yeah. out of that interview. So why stay there? Yeah, yeah I would have. I would have not talked. To, I would have yeah. turned away from him and talked to everybody else. You know, so yeah. I mean, it is what it is, and you know, it's adults, and especially people yeah. who don't play sports. They don't understand. So, but it just, but as you can see, I was driven left and right, and every everything they came up with was he's not his superior. Okay, no, that's, that's your point. But he's asking. He's he's making a simple request. That's a great point. And he's gracious enough to take his time out mm-hmm. and and answer your questions. The least you could do is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to he talk have to, to you. He doesn't have to do that. He can say next. He don't have to talk to you. He doesn't know you yeah. anything. People are people are dumb. People are dumb sometimes. So but you know, I like I like to go back and forth with people because I like to one, I like to prove mm-hmm. my point that, that you are dumb. But you know, um sometimes it's a point of, you know, getting people to understand exactly where I'm coming from and they're like, Oh yeah, that's right. I'm yeah. like, yeah, like think outside the box. Think beyond of uh, just the just the conflict. So yeah, I mean, Dion was yeah. in the right. I think, you know, I I don't know. Maybe he shouldn't have been. Uh, I think I guess if for coach for Coach Sanders, I, I think if if anything, if you want to point at anything that was wrong with that interaction, maybe he shouldn't have jumped on him like he did at first, uh, because maybe that guy wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about it. But then after the fact, the guy still. The guy still very condescendingly said, "Okay, Dion, interview over." At that point, right? But it, you know, maybe yeah. Dion could have maybe Most he could definitely. have came at him a little, a little easier to start. Um, maybe yeah. maybe he was a little harsh in the beginning, but when the guy still didn't honor his request, okay, now it's on you, right? Got it. Got to you got to set it straight, man. You set a standard, you got to stick to it, right? So. But uh, yeah, we we have a standard. We stick to it. Uh, We are presented by BetOnline.ag, one one of the best in the business at sports betting. Uh, Of course, I threw in a little plug for my Avocare business. I'm sparked by Avocare. So, yeah, love it. Yeah, so DM me if you want want anything. If you want that spark, man, they got sweet tea spark now, which is good. That's like a southern person's dream. So. Come join me. Uh, check me out uh, on my other shows, Israel. We have to get yeah. you on some of these other shows with me. Uh, let, you, let you make an appearance. But uh, SEC I After know. Dark, uh, Beasts of the East. You can also, uh, Illegal Motion is coming back. Uh, so you can check me out in all of those places. And, of course, right here on the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast, which, again, mm-hmm. like I think we have the – I've watched some of the other shows here on Brinks TV. I think – not to be biased, but I think we have the best background 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got obviously, to show out. So thank you to all those that subscribe to make this Obviously, happen. our color scheme is, you know, it's hard to screw up red and black, right? So, yeah. Oh, we're spot so, on, baby. Um, spot on. Hell yeah. Anyway, um, well, before your phone dies, Israel, any, anything, anything else you want to leave us with? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I'm mad about football season, man. I'm excited. Everybody yeah, be safe. Absolutely. As usual. Yeah. And I think we might've caught you at just the right moment. So uh, we are the believe in Georgia dogs podcast. Again, like share, subscribe, give us some feedback, follow us on social media. As you see down below, Uh, check us out, check out bet online uh, and uh, go back and check out some of our previous episodes, get caught up on season two. Uh, We look forward to, we're we're going full steam ahead. We got J boy on next week, but for Israel uh, and uh, Mr. Storm chaser over there, uh, I'm Corey Burton. We are the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast presented by betonline.ag. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here next week. Goodbye and go dogs. We go out. Dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.